So today, we're going to get into um, articles that we have here. Um, As you guys know, I've said it a few times here, but we're going to do a a few different types of shows here. We've only done the types of shows so far where we read off the headlines of articles and we kind of give our two cents there, but we are going to have some awesome interviews coming on here soon, and we're excited for that. We've got some uh, franchisees and franchisors lined up to actually be on the show. So we're super excited for that, but for now, we do have another episode of uh, reading headlines. Um, And so we are going to dive right into it and not waste any time because you guys know us, and I'll go ahead and read the first headline. Let's do it. Headline reads, inflation forces mom and pop restaurants and big chains to lean on their unique strengths. Inflation is hitting the entire restaurant industry, but chains and independent eateries have different advantages when it comes to tackling higher costs. The article goes on to talk a little bit more about prices of food, and it says prices for food consumed away from home have risen 8.3%. 6% over the last 12 months as of October, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. As restaurants raise menu prices to address the soaring costs of ingredients, labor, and even energy. Uh, Aaron Allen, founder of and CEO of, the, of Restaurant Consultancy, Aaron and Allen and Associates, compared restaurant chains to oil tankers and independent speedboats. Chains have bigger budgets, broader scale, and other tools like advanced technology, but they're also often slow to act and mirrored in bureaucracy. A mom-and-pop restaurant, on the other hand, doesn't have the same access to cash or the benefits of size, but can move more quickly to make changes. So why do they point that out, and why does that matter when it comes to franchising? Oh, Austin, I think it's a, a huge thing because all of these individual businesses are independently owned and operated by franchisees. Mm-hmm. And so while the franchise companies may implement some technology, ultimately, this is so important to the franchise model because that's who we are, mm-hmm. is they're independently operated businesses. And I mean, we can relate a lot to that too in terms of our business and UFG and how we're structured being privately held and able to move faster than a lot of private equity companies or publicly traded companies, right? Definitely. Definitely. I think it, it also goes back to a lot of people you know, confuse franchises with national chains where franchises, the majority of franchises have that mom and pop feel to them yep. because they still are owner operated. And they still can make changes faster um, as long as the franchisor is reasonable, of course. But the mom and pop stores, the local shops is what this article mostly is referring to. Yeah, they definitely can make changes quicker. But then when it comes to the prices and all of that, there's 
a, a huge advantage of being in the franchise industry. And the article goes on. I'm going to read one more part of it. Of the, of the more than 843,000 restaurants, food trucks, and ghost kitchens in the United States, roughly 37% are part of chains with more than nine locations, according to Food Analytics from Data Essential. An example that it gives is a company called Noodles & Company, and I've heard of it. I don't know if you've heard of yep, it before. I have. Which has more than 450 locations, recently signed a deal for its 2023 chicken supply. The company expects the contract will help it save about 2% relative to its third quarter margin for cost of goods sold. And so that's a big deal. And that's the type of things you get in franchises, saving that 2%. And those couple percentage points, as you know, mean a lot in the food industry. Oh, sure. Awesome. What are the five reasons people buy franchises, right? Cooperative advertising brand recognition, training and support, a proven program. But like this refers to the fifth thing, mass purchasing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then lastly, the article reads, nimbler and more flexible. On the other hand, independent restaurants have the advantage of speed. If a mom and pop notices much higher prices for a key ingredient in an entree, the restaurant can quickly change prices slim down the portion size, or even remove the item from the menu. Now, what can franchise companies do to avoid kind of being in that other category and not being able to be more nimble sometimes and, and quick on their feet? Well, I, I, I think franchises, what they can do in terms of what you're saying, what they can do to avoid that. Yeah. To avoid. Uh, yeah. I think franchises can give their franchisees more flexibility and freedom. There's the non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. What are the non-negotiables? You know, the logo's got to be red or the they can't sell pizza in a sign shop, as we, we say sometimes, right? What are the non-negotiables, but what are the other things that are, are, are not really non-negotiables, but just brand recognitions that maybe our franchisees can reinvent a better mousetrap for those types yeah. of things? So it's deter- the franchisor determining what are the brand standards, what are the non-negotiables, and giving their franchisees flexibility in terms of the not the the, the things that are negotiables yeah. ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I would also just add to finish up that article: if you're a franchisee listening to this, don't just go in there and assume that the franchisor is going to come in and save you. Really, if food prices are affecting your business, you need to be proactive in reaching out to the franchisor, seeing what they're doing to, to help you with food costs. Um, if, if there's some strategy that you can have in removing items or limiting items, make sure that you know, you're, not, you're, you're still operating as that mom and pop business and making decisions that you can make. So, all right, moving on to the next article. This is a Forbes article from Pete First. Headline reads, Three Franchise Industry Trends and Challenges to Watch in 2023. Mm. Um, So the first one that they post here, and I'm not going to read the whole article, um, is number one, businesses with purpose are set to flourish. It talks about how, you know, as of COVID-19, a lot of things have happened and people are looking to have a bigger purpose. And so how important is it for franchises to have a, a deeper purpose in their business? You know, there's an example here. Uh, it's talking about a, a home uh, senior care franchise and, and their company exists to expand and reach expand the reach of home care and make it more attainable for seniors and families nationwide. And so they have a mission behind their company how important is it to, to have that deeper purpose and why are people shopping for a deeper purpose? 
Well, I I think Austin, it depends on what the what the what the purpose is ultimately as well. But at the same time, I think it's very important um, because you have to know what your why is. What your why is? Why are you doing this business? Why are you doing it for your family? Are you doing it to uh, get away from reporting to someone or the constant corporate ladder or, or corporate chain of of command? What is your why ultimately for why you're doing it? But but yes, companies need to have a purpose as well. Ultimately, what are you going to look back towards as an employee of this company, as a franchisee of this company? And can you relate to it? Is the purpose something that you can relate to as well? Mm-hmm. Not just something like. Uh, uh, in the sky, like I, you know, that that not everyone can relate to. Only certain people. Everyone needs to relate to the purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Your your customer, yes. potential customer, has to relate to your purpose. Um, it goes on number two. Companies are innovating to increase market share, and it reads: Companies should seek ways to innovate their processes, rethink what the customer journey entails, and expand their offerings using the resources and skills already held within their network. And so innovating to increase market share. Um, I, I think that, you know, a good example of this is, you know, a lot of companies that have, have changed what they've done during COVID and a lot of them have stuck with it, you know, not because of COVID still, but because of the convenience and the innovation that it caused us to yep. do. Just yep. like technology, you know, people change because of technology, but then the technology also causes you to be more profitable or, you know, be more efficient in your business. And so that's, that's what I have to say on that. Well, I, I, I agree. And I think it's continually looking uh, for those types of change to increase market share. So it's how, what is your company doing to evaluate uh, itself regularly to find change? Mm-hmm. Are you are you reviewing the system? Is is there a better mousetrap? Like I said earlier, what what are the steps that your corporate leaders are taking place, or your franchisees or franchisees for your own franchise business are taking to uh, review your process uh, and to increase your market share? Is there evaluation process? Mm-hmm. Is there uh, some sort of checklist in place? Yeah. What are you doing? Absolutely. And number three is keep an eye out for market disruptors. Uh, and it gives a couple of good examples here. It says large players like CVS and Walmart, for example, have served as major market disruptors in the retail sector, healthcare, grocery, and many other lanes. They you know, sell everything sure. now. And to ensure your brand doesn't get lost in the shuffle of major moves made by large players in your field, Set the stage by making bold moves within your own company. Market disruption is about breaking through the conventional industry positioning and showcasing how your brand is doing things differently. And so what type of experiences do they have differently? Well, I, I, I think there's a different there's a difference between being a disruptor and a difference maker. Okay. Yeah. Not every idea has to be a market disruptor, right? Yeah, I think sometimes people try too hard to hit a home run and be that complete differentiate that d- disruptor in the market instead of just tweaking and differentiating themselves from competition. So, you know, there's some there's there's going to be ideas that are market and and huge plays that'll disrupt industry, but there usually aren't, yeah. right? And yeah. so I think. It's an interesting point, but it can be a little dangerous where now people, you know, you don't want to always swing for the fences and hit the home run. Sometimes getting base hits and being the differentiator in this way and this way and this way can lead 
to being a disruptor. Sometimes it's more little changes that lead to being a big change. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll add to that. There, all those companies that I just mentioned, CVS, Walmart, all of those, they all sell everything. And every single item that they sell is also sold, sold in other places. Yeah. And so there's a lot of other people that are selling certain products much better than places like Walmart or CVS sell it and create a, a true meaning to why people would buy it elsewhere. Yep. Um, there's, there's a lot of other things that we can get into with this. You know, if, you know, Walmart is, is selling groceries, people obviously still go to grocery stores and there are very successful new grocery stores too. It's not like grocery stores went to the wayside, but Walmart's customer for their groceries is different than, for example, Whole Foods customer for their grocery groceries. And so everybody can find their niche in the marketplace and it's just about finding that. So, and then at the end of this article, um, I wanted to read this part. It has, uh, what will 2023 hold for franchises? Keeping tabs on the market and anticipating the direction your industry is heading can be a difficult task, but through close observation of market trends and disruptors, you can position your brand to stay in front of these changes and set itself apart by establishing and communicating a strong sense of purpose Seeking ways to expand your market share and watching out for market disruptors, your franchise interests can prosper in 2023. And so I would 100% agree with all of those statements. Following those will help you be successful in 2023. Don't try to hit the home runs. We just went through a full week of strategic planning and what do do we do at the end of strategic planning? We go through either the one or two Game-changer ideas. We don't talk about game-changer ideas or disruptor ideas the entire strategic planning, which is a huge mistake that a lot of people make. They go into strategic planning uh, or planning for their business for the next year, and they come up with all these disruptive ideas. We maybe talk about one or two disruptive ideas, and most of the time we we trash them both. Sometimes we use the one. (laughs) Yeah. But – yeah, that's what we get into. Agree, agree. And our, we're, our structure is right. We follow up and we put it together. We put it together and we meet and we, we, we pick the best of the best of the best, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And some of them get put in the file for next year exactly. to review, right? Now, it's, maybe it's a disruptor idea, but it's not time for that year. So. I guarantee you there's disruptor ideas that we've presented this week that we'll probably use in 2026. Yep, agreed. And so sometimes it's not the right time or the right place to do it. So I'm going to go on to the next one. Um, I'm not going to dive deep into this article at all, but we're just going to read the headline and have uh, a conversation off of that. Uh, so, that's a very interesting one. Very interesting. Franchising and private equity, a match made in heaven. This one is by Jill Abrahamson. And so what do you have to say about private equity? Austin, that's very interesting right there. And I, I think it, it 100% depends on who the private equity is and their intentions and their goals. Ultimately, we have a very different opinion of that being a part of a privately held business, a family owned business, um, the sole owners in a lot of the companies and joint ventures or majority owners in all of the companies as well. And so I think private equity, there is opportunity for private equity, depending on the industry, the brand and the private equity company and what their intentions are. If it's to squeeze out and to take advantage of all the franchisees, we're not interested. 
if it's to increase the value and the benefit of the franchise system as a whole, we're interested in that ultimately. Yeah, it, it ultimately comes down to money, yeah. financials. Yeah. And money can do great things if it's used the right way. And so when private equity groups come in and they want to make a cash injection, a large cash injection to a company that has a lot of potential and they're going to take it to the next level, change the lives of business owners all over the world, yes. take the company up there, and that's a great thing. Yes. But you're right. There's a lot of scenarios where it's a kind of a buy to flip quickly type mm -hmm. scenario. And we're seeing a lot of that in franchising. And so, you know, if you're a franchisor, uh, I would just be aware of that. Usually you want to pick the right partners. I wouldn't discourage any type of, you know, funding that you could get, of course, especially if it's to take your business to the next level, but definitely be hesitant on that type of stuff. Okay. Last article. Uh, and this one is an entrepreneur article by Kim Cavan. And this is, you know, obviously a, a, an opinionated article because the title is Thinking of Buying a Franchise. These, fours, these four industries are flaming hot right now. Mm. Um, ordering eggs, working on your biceps, visiting theme parks, and finding a new job. What do these areas of life have in common? Here's the answer. They're all features of thriving franchise categories, and they're growing this for the same reason. Business is excellent in the breakfast, fitness, recreation, and staffing slash recruiting businesses. Each provides a form of stability for consumers and franchisees alike during turbulent and unpredictable times. So they mentioned a couple categories of franchises that are extremely hot right now, and I wouldn't doubt any of those. What franchise categories do you think are the hottest right now and maybe you see up and coming? Well, I, I definitely think food and business services are mm -hmm. the two that I, I, I really lean towards. Uh, from our own experience, seeing our business services uh, franchises have their best year they've ever had and food brands have the best year they've ever had. But at the same time, I don't think there's any recession-proof industries or businesses or franchises. But it's, okay, what are the closest to that? You want to look for businesses that have repeat customers, repeat business that are, are not all consumer. There's B2B and B2C at the same time and diversified in the customer selection. And then the third is, who is the company behind that franchise? Have they been through tough times? Have they seen good times and bad times? And finding those three things, checking those three boxes are to put or how you put yourself as someone looking at a franchise, I think in the best possible position to be successful. Absolutely. I think you just put made a really good point. Um, it's important if you are a franchisee or looking to become a franchisee to really consider that franchisor company and what they have been through. Because no matter how good of a business owner you are as a franchisee, if that franchisor fails or they're not running their business the way they should be or Maybe they are running the business a great way, but they may, might not have experienced a recession or anything really bad. Um, that could be a big deal for you. Yep. You could lose your business based off of that. And so definitely do your research on the franchise or, you know, it, it mentioned a couple industries. I really do like the fitness industry yep. as well because, you know, I think that is uh, something that obviously people will be doing forever. The food, sure. bus food business is great. <laughs> people are always going to eat. And so... Fitness, food, I love the two industries and 
business services, of course, because it, it hits home for me. And, mm-hmm. and we've seen it through tough times. We've seen it to, through great, great times. And it seems to do really, really well through both of those. It does. It does. So. It's, it's, it's finding those repeat customers. Mm-hmm. Who are the industries with high repeat business? Absolutely. You know, so. All right. That's all we have today. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you haven't already, follow us on social media, Franchise Fluent. Uh, All the articles that we mentioned are going to be in the notes. So if you want to check those out, please do. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.